0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The World Cup is only days away at this point. It's so incredible that we have come so far, and it is, I mean, we can reach out and touch it right now. In honor of the World Cup being a week away, we are predicting what the starting lineups will be for the three games in Qatar. Of course, we got Wales up first, we got England second, and then Iran the third. Now, I, I know there's going to be a lot of things that change kind of depending on the results, but these are just some ideas and, and kind of our thoughts behind who we think are, are going to start in which positions for the three games in Qatar. After the break, we will introduce producer Brad and we'll get going. All that and more on this episode of The Ake What's up? My name is Sam. This is The Aport, a show about all things American soccer, and we're going to have a ton of World Cup coverage coverage coming your way in the coming weeks if you are into that make sure you hit the subscribe button hit the like button to support the channel you can become a member as well to directly support the channel now let's get started let's bring in producer brad but before we do that here is a word from this week's sponsor football is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season you'll find the latest odds matchup info player news and game trends And as your continued source for all wagering info, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards online where the game starts. Here we go. Producer Brad, how are you doing, man? I mean, the World Cup is,
1: is days away at this point. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I bought a microphone, so I sound <laughs> a little bit better. And I've jerry-rigged one of the study pods in my apartment complex to have a little bit of a background. I got a boo Zela. I got the Miracle on Ice hockey jersey right there. And a soccer ball, which was a gift from my nephew that has pictures of us on it, which I really do love. It's really... Really nice. Um, but I am so excited. I've been, I mean, I couldn't sleep last night, dude. I woke up at like three in the morning and was just like, I'm going over lineups in my head. I'm wondering what's the, uh, what is the statuses of of Weston's quad or whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm so ready to go. I can having a good laugh at some of the weird things that are going on over there but i'm i'm ready i'm ready to light this candle
0: it feels so real right now the teams are in qatar there's a lot of journalists and media in qatar the fans are starting to arrive in qatar fake fans are starting to arrive in qatar so it just really feels like the world cup is upon us and it's it's crazy that it's so close now in this video we're going to be going over our our rosters who we think are going to start in which positions for which games uh now going into that there's there has to be some thoughts about why we're making the decisions that we're making. So I, I want to go to you first. I know we were talking a little bit before the video, uh, but what are some of the things that we're hearing right now from the players that we're hearing in camp that are, are kind of giving you some ideas about who we're going to start and in which position?
1: Well, there were some reports coming out earlier today, about two hours ago, that uh, Weston McKenney was training with the starters, and so was Tim Reed. So those are those are two big ones that uh, I think we all were hoping for. Uh, I think the Weston uh, question mark could have int- introduced a few interesting options, but now we're gonna kind of see uh, probably something that we're a bit more used to. I think the Tim Ream thing is gonna put a lot of uh, guys' minds at a lot of people people's minds at ease. He's been absolutely a steady Eddie in the Premier League. I watched every minute of Fulham. Uh, this year he really has been great breaking the lines with passes for Fulham this year so that's really exciting and then Tim Wea said something really interesting that perked my ears up and that someone asked him hey are you have you been training at the nine and he kind of goes uh you 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 should ask Greg about that so I was like okay are, we've been begging to see him at the nine for for the entire cycle so Maybe we're going to just roll it out there and try and confuse some people with the lineup they've never seen. That's the element of surprise.
0: It's such an interesting little tidbit to just throw out there right before the World Cup. I mean, Tim Weyer at the nine, like you said, is something that people have been talking about for a long, long time. I haven't seen Tim Waya play the nine for Lil for quite a long time. Uh, I don't know He's how been it would work. Playing right but... wingback recently, yeah, yeah. I mean, anybody with American passport can play wingback. Apparently, is something that we've learned in the last few weeks. So, but before we get started with Wales, are there any players that you have down that you think are going to go ninety minutes all three games?
1: Ninety minutes all three games. Christian Pulisic. Absolutely. I think Tyler Adams, unless he is unless his legs are falling off, he's not coming off the pitch. Same with Jedi Robinson. I think that left back position is we would have to be forcing someone who isn't a natural left back to uh, come into that position and kind of just try and make it work. So as long as Jedi's ankle can hold up. Uh, fingers crossed then I think he's going 90 minutes every single game um, I think Walker Zimmerman's another one even though we might see Cameron Carter Vickers maybe uh, if uh, Walker needs a spell here and there but main ones for me are on that uh, left side and in the midfield uh, I think that Eunice Musa and Weston McKinney I think there could be some interesting things with Gio Reyna and Brendan Aronson that they could finagle with a little bit that wouldn't necessarily make them go uh, ninety minutes every single game, but as far as Tyler Adams, Christian Pulisic, and Jedi Robinson, and of course uh, Matt Turner, the goalkeeper, yeah. um, I, I, I I don't see those guys coming off the field.
0: Yeah, you're right. One one interesting one would be like Serginho Des, but he's one whose fitness I worry about, and I guess that's something that we're going to get into. Uh, so let's let's start with the Roy- Wales roster we've already established Matt Turner and goal. We've established Jedi Robinson as the left back. Who is your left center back for this Wales game? And before you answer, I'll, I'll preface it with, uh, there's a lot of speculation that um, Wales is going to sit back against us, that they're going to bunker, that they're going to let us have the ball for the majority of the game. And um, I know Lexi, Alexi Lawless for one has been speculating that Wales just, just does not have a lot of speed uh, in the attack outside of Gareth Bale. Um, so, Do we need as much speed at the center back position? I'll I'll let you take it away. Who you got for your left center
1: back? I'm going with Tim Ream because of how good he is passing and uh, as well as Wales not having the most speed. I will say Dan James still does have that pace. Uh, Tim Ream's actually his teammate at Fulham uh, who scored against Manchester United on the weekend. Um, But I would go with Tim Ream mainly uh, because there might be some nerves from these guys. I don't know how much uh, in that camp. And this is a guy who... I mean, no one. Only DeAndre Yedlin has that experience in the in a World Cup. But Tim Ream has, He's thirty five years old. He has been. Uh, he's been all over the place. He's been everywhere. He 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 will be that steady Eddie in the back line. And his relationship with Jedi Robinson, I think, really could help calm things down in the first match of a World Cup where emotions are definitely going to be running high.
0: Yeah, I have Tim Ream right in that position for the exact same reasons. Um, I, I think that that connection that he already has between, uh, himself and Jedi Robinson is, is probably going to come in handy in that first game. And, uh, to have someone with his experience on the field in that first game is probably going to be a good thing. We both picked Walker Zimmerman as our right center back for all three games. So let's move on to the right back. I have Sergio Dest, do you as well?
1: I do. Um, I think if, uh, I mean, Dan James is kind of one of those guys that has that pace. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think he'll be lining up uh, opposite Sergino Dest. So I think if Sergino Dest is going to bomb forward, I don't think we're going to have to have that in the back of our minds where he's going to have to get back so much. So I would love his pace and his skill on the ball going forward, especially for this game if we're trying to get on the front foot early.
0: Yeah, he had, a, he had a pretty solid game his last game for AC Milan where he was pretty saucy. So I'm pretty excited to see what Serge is going to do in Qatar. Now, I think things get interesting whenever we head into that midfield. We both established that Tyler Adams was going to be our uh, defensive midfielder. Um, we could potentially see a double pivot in this game. We, I, I, I'm not exactly sure what Greg's going to be doing in that midfield, but who are your two midfielders to pair with Tyler Adams?
1: So before this afternoon, I had Eunice Musa and Gio Reyna, uh, in there, possibly Brendan Aronson, but because of what I've been seeing out of some of the reporters that Weston's been training with the one ones, I, I think, uh, I think that is something, I think it's going to be MMA. And I think there is that continuity there. <laughs> um, even though with injuries, they haven't played that much together, but they seriously, uh, Eunice helps the buildup, and uh, Weston has that danger in the final third. Uh, so I, I think that's uh, that's kind of that's going to be who we're rocking with. Um, I
0: I match. understand that completely. My thought was that MMA is our most defensive midfield, and I also don't I also worry about Musa and McKinney as far as playing all three games. Uh, so I did have McKinney sit for this game. And I do have Musa, and I have Brendan Aronson uh, starting in the midfield for this game. I think Brendan Aronson's a solid call for the Wales game in the midfield because so many of the midfielders, I mean, so many of the Wales players are Premier League players or at least English style players, which is a a league where Brendan has been absolutely thriving in the midfield. Um, I think this is a game where we're going to have a lot of the ball. Um, And I think Brendan can come through in in that midfield position. If we play a double pivot with Brendan at the top of the spear, um, that that could make a lot of sense for me. Do you think he goes 90 minutes? I don't think he goes 90 minutes. I I don't think so, because we just have so much firepower on the bench. I think um, you bring in Weston McKinney at the end of that game um against Mm -hmm. Wales kind of no matter what because you want him to get those World Cup minutes if I'm in Greg's shoe so I'm bringing Weston in maybe in the 60th minute or something like that maybe sooner kind of depending on uh what's going on um and let him go to work
1: yeah absolutely that's a good shout I'm totally with you on that um I would absolutely be be happy with that lineup
0: yeah, and I would be happy with MMA as well. I'm just kind of yeah. concerned about that second game against England, but we'll get into that in a second. Now, we both established that Christian Pulisic was going to be our left winger uh, for all three games. A really interesting question is going to be, who is playing striker in that first game against Wales? Who who do you have at striker?
1: I have Josh Sargent. Um, I think because of some of Greg's comments about how uh, he's played against the English opponent, And a lot of those Wells players are either championship or Premier League guys, um, which Josh does have that physical experience uh, again. So he's not going to be uh, willing to back down from the physical element of uh, of that challenge. So I would go with, uh, as the men and blazers refer to him as US soccer gritty. Um, I think he I think this could be the match he definitely starts.
0: This is the match where I went with Jesus Ferreira, so I'm going to disagree with you there. My thinking is, if you're going to play Jesus Ferreira in the World Cup, which game are you going to play him in? I, I, to me, the Wales game makes a lot more sense than, say, the England game or even the Iran game, I, I think. Um, I, I think Jesus is going to have some opportunity to kind of uh, find space and, and, and kind of do his uh, connectivity thing in the midfield I feel like this is the game for him to do that uh, of any of the games. So I think Jesus is going to get that first start. I'm kind of uh, foreshadowing what I think is going to happen in the, uh, in the later games. Uh, But I I do think Jesus, I don't tell me if you've seen this, but I feel like of all the players um, since maybe the rosters have been announced, like I've seen the fan base, just cutting down Jesus Serrera more than any other player. And what I mean by that is like, People already had a low opinion of Aaron Long coming in. So yeah. it's not like the opinion really got longer. Uh, I mean, lower. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think Tim Ream was kind of the opposite where Tim Ream has really gotten propped up by the fan base yeah. in the last couple of weeks. But I think Ferreira went from a player that people were more or less comfortable starting in a World Cup game to all of a sudden, like people are talking like Ferreira can't tie his shoes and, and chew gum at the same time. You know, like it, it, he's, he's just a terrible player. I don't think that's true. I think Greg Berlter has a lot of faith in that guy. And and I think that he's going to get that first
1: start in the World Cup. You know, I. This week I went back and I watched uh, the games from the June window and the uh, um, game against Grenada where he had four goals. He should have had 10. He was in the right position for so many of them and he scuffed. Quite a few chances. So, uh, against bet- better competition, which everybody at the World Cup is going to be better competition than uh, that game against Grenada, you're not going to get that many chances. So, I think that gives me uh, cause for pause when you may only get one chance and you have to bury that chance, or else it could be the difference between lo- winning and losing and being into the round of 16 or being out in the group stage. So that's what gives me cost for pause with Ferreira.
0: It is the great Jesus Ferreira debate. The man that creates so many opportunities with his intelligence and uh, with his speed, with, with, with the way that he reads the game and his ability to, to uh, get shots, get the ball out of his feet and into a shooting position in a, in a, in a quick way. I think he does that better than any other striker that we have allows him to have so many shooting opportunities, which also allows him to have so many opportunities to miss shots uh the 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 great Jesus debate. I, I really hope that Jesus comes good and scores a World Cup goal. I, I think he's one of those players that once the World Cup ends and that kind of emotion is out the way, everybody can see like this is a 21-year-old player that has a lot of upside and could potentially be a big player for this team down the road and and some of that emotion will go away.
1: But we'll see what happens. Absolutely I and and I, I keep forgetting that he's only 21 and maybe this is the time where um maybe something clicks. I mean, sometimes players just get into that zone. I mean, we haven't necessarily seen him go into that kind of a zone before, but I mean, like you said earlier, the fan base is kind of tearing him down. That that drives me bananas because why are we tearing this guy yeah. down? I mean, he's our guy. He, he, he plays for our team. I mean, let's yeah. try and cheer for this guy. I mean, yes, he will drive us nuts with a few chances that he might miss, but I mean, keep pulling for him. Yeah, Michael Balinoff
0: uh, kind of says it all whenever he says, when was the last time Ferreira scored? Now do Josh and Haji. Yeah, I can't remember. I, I can't remember the last time Josh scored. Did he score know... in the
1: playoffs? What's that? Did he score in the playoffs? I'm talking
0: about for the national team.
1: Oh, for the national team? Uh, that, was, uh, that was Grenada. It Josh? Grenada. Oh, Josh? Oh,
0: Josh. Um... I can't recall. I, I
1: don't remember. Um... Oh, look that up. Hang on. I
0: don't know. I know Haji scored a penalty kick recently. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. He scored
1: that penalty kick against Morocco when Christian gave him the ball. Yeah. All um, right. Let's
0: move on to the final player of, of the roster against Wales. It is going to be the right winger. Now there are some interesting places you can go. I think this has been one of the big discussions uh, among us men's national team fans heading in. Um, For some people, this is Brennan Aronson coming off a a really hot uh, few weeks in the EPL. For some people, this is Tim Weah, the player that has just been so damn effective for the U.S. throughout World Cup qualifying. And for others, it's Gio Reyna, the young phenom who has all the talent in the world but just has been injured for so long and hasn't had a lot of opportunity to play with the U.S. men's national team. Who do you have for
1: the right winger in the first game against Wales? I have Tim Weah um, because I think he adds... A verticality to our game that the other guys uh, don't necessarily bring. I think Gio and Brendan like to cut inside and take guys on a lot more. Wea just likes to use his speed, get to the byline, and get it back inside to those guys who are making those runs in behind. And I think that's that combination play from Dest to Musa to uh, Wea is. is I mean, you saw it a few times in, in qualifying. It is electric and it is fast and it leads to a lot of opportunities that we can capitalize on. So I would go with Tim Weah in that position.
0: So don't, if I'm correct here, that means you're leaving Gio Reyna on the bench for the first
1: game. To start, <laughs> he's definitely getting in the game. Um, but I don't know. I, that's, that's why the Weston of it all makes it so interesting. Um, do you start Brendan or Geo centrally um, in, instead of uh, having one of them out wide, which uh, that's just, that's, that's my biggest question uh, so far. So where do you, do you have, who who is your winger?
0: I had, I had Geo starting this game. I, okay. I feel like you have to start him just because he's so talented, but you know, looking at that Japan game, where the U.S. just had absolutely no attack at all. One of the big issues was we had a front three of Gio Reyna on the left. We had Jesus Ferreira in the middle, and we had uh, Brennan Aronson on the right side. And all three of those players dropped in, and and none of them looked to get in behind. None of them provided um, that verticality. And everybody said if we had Tim Weha on the field, this wouldn't be an issue whenever you look at a front three of Christian Pulisic, Jesus Ferreira, or Josh Sargent, um, and uh, Gio Reyna, you kind of see the same issue. Like I don't know if, if Pulisic tends to drop in more than anybody else, and I don't think that Gio is going to be providing that, that verticality. So it's, it's definitely a, an interesting question. I went with Gio just because I feel like with Musa on the field and, and with Brendan Aronson on the field, you are going to get some, some verticality there um I, I i i don't know it's an interesting question man
1: yeah i don't know it, it it really is uh i think that's uh i mean it's champagne problems really i mean you've got a lot of great talent and unfortunately some of them have to uh stay on the bench you know i did see uh on cbs sports hq uh thomas Rongen put out a lineup yeah. that had uh geo playing the nine kind of like a false nine. And we were able to have Wea Geo, Christian, Brendan. And that was, that just blew my mind um, because that's something, I mean, I would love to see that. I would love to see it in a friendly first to make sure it works Um, But that's certainly one way to get all our best players on the field at one time.
0: Yeah. But Gio's never played striker, even for his club team. I I don't know that he's ever done it. So it would be a wild thing to do to unleash that in the middle of the world cup. Um, I will say. If you start Gio arena, that means that you get to bring Tim Weah off the bench late in the game, which is an exciting proposition. Cause that guy, uh, that guy just brings so much speed and directness and, Um, I, I, I think he's a little bit underrated with his playmaking and his flair and his ability to combine. Um, so it's, it's, it's an exciting proposition. Do you have any thoughts about how you would handle the subs with your starters?
1: Oh, um, well, if I'm going, I would definitely bring, uh, Reyna in for Weah after, uh, about 60 minutes. If we're going with the lineup that, uh, I put out there, um, I think Joe Scally would come off the bench for Serginio Dest, probably. Uh, if we have a lead, I wouldn't be surprised to see him or maybe DeAndre Yedlin uh, to kind of close up shop a little bit. And uh, Serginio hasn't gone 90 minutes in a long time. Uh, now, Greg's comments about him being an interesting cat and only really focusing on the World Cup. I mean, maybe he is 90 minutes fit and just has been... Uh, down with a case of World Cup fever uh, in his time at Milan, um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Joe Scally coming off the bench, maybe DeAndre Yedlin.
0: Yeah, it was mentioned uh, way further up in the comment section, but what's uh, what somebody said? Uh, Joe Scally for his uh, defensive ability versus uh, Serginho Des which I think might be something that we see throughout the World Cup. If, uh, if questions about Serginho Des' uh, ability to go 90 minutes, especially 90 minutes for all three games, comes to fruition, um, it's, it's going to be an interesting thing. Are you, are you think we're ready to move on to the England game?
1: Yes, and you you kind of lead me into one of my changes for the England game, actually.
0: Yeah, and and we're I guess I guess we have to assume that at this point that we either won the Wales game or we tied it, right? Like I think that mm-hmm. that, that has to be what we're assuming going in. Hopefully, we won it. I, I definitely think this is a winnable game for us. Uh, but let's get let's get started versus for the England game. This is going to be the strongest team that we have to play in the group. Um, this is a team with. Absolute electric firepower on offense. We talked a little bit uh, before this. uh, Tim Ream did mention on his podcast that Willian mentioned in passing to him uh, that the English team has a lot of offensive firepower, but their midfield and their defense is not quite up to that par of what you would think of as, as like the absolute elite teams in the world. Uh, so there are some weaknesses, although I think that we would trade some of their defenders for some of our defenders uh, and maybe even some of their midfielders, if we're honest. But um, let's, let's get started. We, we're assuming um, uh, Matt Turner in goal. We're assuming Jedi Robinson uh, as the left back. Who do you have as the left center back against England?
1: I'm sticking with Tim Ream uh as long as he can have the minutes in his legs uh which i mean this is his one shot at a world cup he's not coming back for uh 2026 i think he's going to just leave absolutely everything out there um he knows a lot of these guys he plays against a lot of these guys week in and week out i mean there's only one non premier league player jude bellingham is the only uh player that's not from the premier league so he has experience against all these guys uh in some cases years of experience when uh he was in the Premier League a few years ago um but I'm I'm sticking with Tim Ream for this one I think this is one of the reasons you bring him in
0: an interesting discussion uh that's been taking place about how we're going to approach this England game is there a lot of people that feel like we're not going to press England that we're going to sit back against England and absorb the pressure I don't I don't think that's true Um, I I think that the U.S. is absolutely going to press England. I think England's going to be one of the teams that allows us to press them more than anybody else because uh, they have the quality to hold on to the the ball a little bit more. I look at games like uh, I look at Leeds this season. Like if you think about how Leeds has performed this season, they tend to do well against teams that hold on to the ball and not so great against teams that are more or less on their level. Um, you look at their performances against Liverpool and against Chelsea. Um, I, I do think that that type, that playing style, that um, that, that pr- high-pressure, high-press playing style, works better whenever you're playing against better quality opposition. So I do think that we're going to hold a high line in, in that England game. And I do think that's where Aaron Long comes in. And And I know that I'm going to get crushed for that. But I do think that, that, that England is going to be Aaron Long's game. Really? And I just took a big gulp because I know that the comment
1: section's coming for me. Yes. Yeah. I, I ooh, All right. <laughs> Let him know there, chat. Um, okay. I just – I don't see how you can do that when you have a guy who's playing against these guys week in or week out, um, and he's a great passer of the ball. I mean, I, I don't know. I just – I can't get uh, some of the passes that Aaron Long made against Japan out of my head that he had all the time in the world on the ball and pass it to the other team. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that's. So can you give me some more reason for that?
0: I, I, I think we're going to play a high line. I think we're going to need the athleticism. Uh, I think that England has incredibly athletic and quick players. Um, I, I do think, uh, knowing England that they're going to be throwing a lot of balls into the box and we're going to need uh, height and physicality to defend headers. Uh, to defend set pieces, things like that. Uh, I think all those things work in, in Aaron Long's favor. So I think that he's going to be the guy in that game. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, let's know. move just, on I'm, to uh, right back. Who do you have for the right back?
1: Joe scally I have Joe Scali because uh, I don't think we can really trust uh, Sergio Dess. He's going to want to bomb forward too much. I think Joe's going to – sit back and help absorb that pressure um and not take as many chances as uh serginio would
0: yeah i mean i, I definitely see the argument for that i went with Serginho in this game as well uh just because i think that he offers us so much uh in the attack and i i do think that his um his, his lapses on defense are a bit overrated. I feel like he can be a good defender whenever he wants to be. Uh, it it kind of depends on where his head's at, it seems like. And I feel like I'm just hoping that he's going to be locked in. Um, I could definitely see Joe Scally starting this game. Uh, I could see, gosh, I, I hope it's not DeAndre Yedlin. I hope it would be uh, um, Joe Scally. But I, I really feel like this is where you need your, um, your AC Milan right back to come through for you. Uh, so I'm thinking it's going to be Sergino Des though. Though I could see Joe Scally. I'm not. That's not one yeah. that I'm absolutely married to.
1: Yeah. Um. I don't know. I just I mean that that last gladback game against Stortman uh, really gave me. I mean I've been hyped on Joe Scally for a little while since he since he really burst onto the scene this year. Uh, I remember when uh, Sergino got hurt. I was uh, I tweeted get Joe Scally on a plane and then he brought in Shaq Moore. Um, do you think there's a shout for Shaq Moore other than, uh, if it's not Joe Scali or Sergino?
0: I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting question. I don't think so. I, I gotta think that, that Joe Scali currently in camp is outperforming Shaq Moore. Um, Mm. I I would think, I don't know. Uh, Shaq Moore does offer you a little bit of that two-way player. Uh, Shaq Moore can, can, uh, serve in a nice ball in the final third, and he can also, uh, be a serviceable, serviceable defender. I think that Scally's probably better than him at both of those things. Um, But it's another one of those situations where, you know, you mentioned in uh, the first game against Wales, against starting Tim Ream because of his experience and everything like that. I mean, Joe Scally is one of the youngest players on the roster of a roster Mm -hmm. that is very young. Uh, So that is a big moment, man, to start him against England in, in, in the second World Cup game. That is that is a lot.
1: I I had a thought. I was thinking about this earlier today. I saw Fox tweet out uh, a virtual tour of the stadium that they're going to be playing. I haven't seen the second or third game, but the first game. And the capacity is only 40,000. And I don't know. I just have this weird feeling that um, these guys aren't going to let the moment be too big for them. I think if they can just focus that, I mean, He, Joe Scalley's gone into Dortmund and faced against, gone up against the yellow wall, which is going to be a much more intimidating environment. I don't think it's, I I don't know. Are these guys young and, for lack of a better term, naive enough to go, oh, this is, you know, not that big, not that loud? I mean, sure, there are hundreds of millions of people watching at home, but kind of be able to focus in the moments enough and kind of not let, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking about Joe Scalley going into some of those absolutely daunting Bundesliga stadiums and he hasn't let the moment be too big for him
0: yeah and Burnman says uh 30k will be cardboard cut out so it's going to be like playing during the pandemic it might be some of those fans that have uh like England written on their chest
1: that quite clearly are not English fans that we've been seeing. Oh, they were, they were in perfect tune seeing footballs coming home. What are you talking about? All right. <laughs> Let's
0: move on to the midfield. In the game against Wales, you went with the MMA midfield. Who are you taking in the game against England?
1: I'm sticking with MMA um, because I think you and I, I think you, you're, you're of the opinion that we're going to be pressing. I think we're, we might absorb. A little bit more, and I think that is uh, a more defensive lineup. And uh, if we're getting uh, – if we get forward on the counter or if we play for set pieces, I need Weston's head in there. Uh, I mean, him, him in the air could be uh, our secret weapon to putting one in the back of the net. Um, so that's why I'm – and also I want to see Eunice move the score against England. I think that would just be a, some good shot in Florida.
0: You know, this is the first, like, I hadn't even thought about Eunice Musa playing England and how big of a game that's going to be for him emotionally until you just mentioned that. That hasn't even been on my radar.
1: I mean, he's such a citizen of the world that I think he, he no matter, I mean, he was eligible for four countries. Uh, so I think whichever uh, one he would have chosen, he would have been happy with. And I think he, uh, I think a few of the nations fumbled the bag a little bit with him by not paying enough attention to him. Um, but I think, uh, I don't know. I, I, he's obviously happy to be, he, he, he's called the team of brotherhood before. Um, and I don't think he's one of those guys to hold a grudge, but I still think in the back of his mind, he, he's going, I was at the arsenal look out me with the guy. You could have had me.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be a big game for him for sure. Um, I went with the MMA midfield as well. I I think that it's just a versatile midfield. It's super strong defensively. It might be a better midfield than England's, maybe. I don't know. I mean,
1: certainly one that can go toe to toe with it. Yeah, I, I I mean, it's Bellingham is a baller. I'm not going to deny that. But Tyler's got the work rate at the six. I mean, he's going to just absolutely put in a shift. Uh, Eunice has a lot of quality in the buildup and Weston has, I mean, he's Weston, man. I mean, he's got that X factor. Um, I I, I, This may come back to Miami. me, but Jude Bellium is the only English midfielder that scares me. I'm not scared of Declan Rice. I've seen Tristan toast Declan Rice before. Mason Mount just puts in a cardio shift every week for Chelsea. Connor Gallagher, has had a moment or two of brilliance, but sometimes he just—I don't, I don't see the quality there. But I mean, I think we can go toe to toe with them on our day. Really, I, do I do as
0: well. I do. I, we just—we just have so much athleticism and so much enthusiasm. I, I do think that um, it—it's I, I, hard to say that we're better. Than, I don't think that we're necessarily better than them. I probably said a little bit too much, but I do wonder, like, if Eunice Musa was still. Uh, up for grabs and he was doing what he's doing right now at Leeds or, you know, some team like that, you know, if he was in the Prem right now doing what he's doing. If Weston McKinney was English and he was doing what he was doing at like Tottenham or something like that. Which which Tottenham has wanted him for about a year now. I mean, would he be in this mix for the England team? Like, I I, I think he might be.
1: I think he'd be in the 55. I don't know. Um, I don't know if they would make the team, but I, I, I don't see that massive of a leap, of a drop-off here. Um, I, don't get me wrong. They are quality players. Uh, they are doing, putting in work for Premier League teams week in, week out, but I, am I shaking in my boots? No.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, whew. okay. Anyway, yeah. Um, so let's move on to the uh, front three. Of course, we both said that Polisic is going to start all three games, so we can scratch him out right there. Who do you have starting up top as the striker for uh, the game against England?
1: Um, let me look again here. Uh yeah, I have Josh I have Josh Sargent again. (laughs) I'm riding with him. I don't know. Um I just Greg's comment just sticks in the back of my head. Uh although I could see a shout for uh Haji Wright coming on in the 60th minute, uh for someone who could really work the channels that uh well and uh be really, really dangerous in the air um also. So I don't know. What what do you think? I have Sargent is just the so weird to me. What's that? The 9 is just such a weird toss up for me. It it
0: really is, man. It really is. And and I yeah, uh I have Sargent starting this game. I feel like this is the the physicality game where you want uh Josh Sargent to come in there and I also said that we're going to take the press to Josh Sargent and I mean, we're going to take the press to England, and and we know what a relentless press presser that Josh Sargent is. I mean, Josh Ferreira is a relentless press uh, presser to his credit as well. But with Sargent, you get the physicality along with the relentless work ethic. Uh, so I, I think Sargent's going to be that guy. I also think that the ball might be in the air a little bit more in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Sargent gives you benefits there because he's he's a little bit better in the air uh than ferrera i say a little bit he's a lot better in the air than ferrera uh yeah. so I, I think Sargent gets this gets this in this game um and, and like you said i'm really hoping for like a set piece goal from mckinney or something like that i think that that's yeah. our best option
1: you, you know um, the, again this may <laughs> they may roll this clip back for us um but it, it reminds me a lot of the 2002 team in this game against england might kind of reminds me against, of the game against Portugal. I think this could be a surprise game for us where we really, um, you know, we either could sit back or we could go the league style and just take it to them and just run them to death, um, which granted will open us up in the, at the back end for those world-class attackers. But I don't know. Uh, I just, I really see a, a Weston against Mexico style goal uh coming from uh like he did in the nation's league final i think he's going to be elite in the air and uh i mean these guys as much maligned as the english midfield uh, well not the midfield but their back line uh have been granted they do see great players week in week out but i i just i think weston has that that little something to him that he might just get his head on one or two where um and i don't think uh pick for his memo ochoa that's just me
0: Well, we've seen Weston score against some of the best teams in the world in the air. I mean, his his ability is unquestioned, even though like England does have some center backs and some um, fullbacks at play uh, at the elite levels of the game. Um, I I just I don't know. I I mean, do they have Rio Ferdinand, you know, like is he? Do they have that guy who's just going to win everything in the air? I, I don't know. No. Okay, for the right midfielder. Uh, or, or the right wing, uh, depending on what nomenclature you want to call it. Uh, I know in the first game, you left Gio Reyna on the bench. Are you going to do the same in the second game?
1: I am not. I am going to go with Gio at the wing. Uh, I think his quality on the ball is is going to be uh, what what really shines through, and I think this could be Gio's. I mean, we know Gio. I mean, we've been following him forever, and, and it came out today that Argentina, England, and uh, another country—I can't remember who it was—also know who Gio is because they invited him to use national team camps. Um, but I think this could be Gio's introduction to the world stage uh, in this game. I think his quality on the ball. I think he could break down that back line. Is, and, is there a, a real moment?
0: Is there a Gio Reyna Golazo moment in this World Cup? It feels like it feels like there's going to be a, a Gio Reyna moment in this
1: World Cup. If there is a geo moment in this World Cup, I think it's in this game. I think it is. I, I just, I'm just getting myself, I'm getting myself too worked up here. I mean, well, I'm talking myself into having a win here. Uh, I just, mean,
0: oh my god, the storylines in this game are, are gonna be epic. I mean, Barkles. you already mentioned Yunus Musa being a, a, having the opportunity to play for the English national team. Geo kind of had the opportunity to play for the English national team. Plus, he'll. Uh, likely have um, have uh, Jude Bellingham on the field as well. Christian mm-hmm. Pulisic, of course, is going to have some of his teammates uh, on the England squad. Maybe they play, maybe they don't. I'm not sure. I'm sure Sterling will start. I don't, I don't know. Maybe he won't. Uh, maybe a Sterling Mount. I, I don't know. One of those guys. Um, so there's going to be that as well. I mean, Josh Sargent is a guy that kind of flopped in the Premier League. Uh, so this is going to be an opportunity for him to kind of if he starts uh, to to get some retribution there, I mean, it is just going to be absolutely electric.
1: I I think one of the great things that, I mean, there wasn't a lot of good to come out of Josh's year in the Premier League, but his work rate, I mean, he wasn't out there to play. He was out there to run and try and survive Uh, for that Norwich team in the Premier League who seemed like they were doomed to go down from the start. um, I think that could be beneficial uh in in this game where he he's he's just going to be relentless in in the attack for for us against guys that i mean he played against them last year so that there is something to be said uh for that but uh that physicality i don't think he's going to back down from that challenge
0: i'm always fascinated by the uh the game theory aspect of it all and about how do you approach these games assuming that the us gets 3 points against wales I mean, getting a result against England, like getting a draw against England keeps the opportunity to actually win the group on the table. You know, so mm. how, how you approach that game is going to be fascinating, man. I mean, do, do you, it's, it's going to be so interesting how that all goes down. Are, are you ready to move on to the Iran game? Let's do it. All right. Final game of the uh, three games of the World Cup will be the game against Iran. Uh, we've already established that Matt Turner is our goalkeeper and Jedi Robinson is going to be our, uh, our left back. Uh, who do you start at the left center back for the game against Iran?
1: Cameron Carter Vickers. Um, cause I don't think that uh, cause I do have Tim Reams starting those first two games. Uh, I don't think that we can play him three games in a 15 day period. Uh I mean, as great of a season as he's having, he he is still 35 years old. Um, so I think um, this is uh, this is a really interesting, interesting opportunity to put uh, CCB in there and really see what he's got. I think he'll he'll be physical. He'll t- I hope he uh, is disciplined because we have seen him uh, one time against uh, Real Madrid, in the Champions League, Real Madrid, uh, and against Shakhtar. He's he's taken a few chances and not uh not really uh uh and he's missed (laughs) for for lack of a better term he's he's whiffed on a tackle and that led to uh damage at the other end um but i do think this is a game where if he if he keeps his head about him i think this could be a good game for ccb
0: now i'm getting a lot of uh anti-long comments in the comment section right now i'll i'll say this uh aaron long did does have more minutes next to Zimmerman than either CCV or Ream at this point. He did Mm -hmm. have the MLS camp uh, where he got to play next to Zimmerman with Berhalter in attendance for, I don't even know how long that camp was a week, 10 days, whatever it was. Um, And he's had this opportunity during the uh, world cup pre camp. So you're, you're thinking that Greg throws all that out the window. He's not worried about that at all. And he's playing Ream and CCV in these three world cup games. Yes. (laughs) <laughs>
1: um i don't know maybe that's just me talking myself into it um i don't know i and i think a lot of a lot of this is predicated on the fact of what happens in the previous games um if we're searching for a point or if we're searching for a win there i think that that could change things um i don't know how much weight i think I think the, the MLS camp was more of a, uh, just a food. Food. I think it was who, who's filling 23 through 26. I think that's uh, cause, cause I think, I don't know. I think Acosta had already booked his ticket because of how good he is on set pieces and how much, uh, how much of a workman he could be. Um, but for long, I just, I don't know. I just, I, th- I Greg yanked him after 45 minutes against Japan, didn't he?
0: uh who's that
1: uh Aaron Long I believe so
0: yeah so yeah McKenzie played the second half
1: yeah and we switched that back three so I don't know what do you think
0: I don't know. You just mentioned something really interesting that it depends on the how the uh, first games go. And we both had Tim Ream starting as our left center backs in the first game against Wales. Mm. If Ream comes out and just plays a perfect game against um, against Wales, then why take him out at that point? You know, why? Why would you mess that up? It's a. It's an interesting discussion. I had Tim Ream starting for the Iran game. I think the U.S. is going to have the bulk of the possession of that game, and and we're going to have the opportunity to uh, move the ball uh, with our center backs. And I think Ream will come through big time for us there. Uh, but I just I, I don't see that the center backs are as separated as everybody else does. I don't know if if Ream comes out and has a great first game, then, then play him all three games. I don't know. We, we just got to hope that we don't have issues at center back in, in this World Cup. I just, I, I just,
1: uh, I, I just see, I see those two first two opponents. I see Wales and I see England, and those are two, two sets of teams that he has experience against those guys. So I think that's that's one of the reasons you bring him is because he knows those dudes, he knows their game.
0: Yeah, and I guess, <laughs> I guess Long got some valuable minutes against. Uh... <laughs> uh the uh asian teams against saudi arabia and japan that went well um all right who you have it right back for iran
1: uh serginio nest because uh, i do think we're going to have the bulk of the possession i think his, his bombing runs are going to uh have to because I, I do think uh they're going to sit uh iran's going to sit in a low block i think they're definitely going to need to get some width uh down down the field in some verticality um so uh i think his his offensive aspect of the game uh is really going to be necessary and i don't really fear them on the counter that much so i'm not i mean like you said i think his defensive lapses are uh mainly mental and i think if he's on it he's on it he'll be fine um but i think uh i think he's gonna really help us out trying to unlock that uh low block that they're gonna play
0: yeah, I had Sergio Dest as well, and I'm just kind of realizing that I had Sergio Dest starting all three games, which I don't uh, – is is that going to happen? I guess if I things so. go really well and we have the opportunity to sub Sergio Dest off and, and kind of keep him fresh, then maybe that's a good thing. Um, I could see somebody else starting the game against Iran. Uh, maybe it's Joe Scali. Um, Maybe it is Shaq Moore. I don't know. Um, but I, I would feel most comfortable if Serginho Dest starts that game for all the reasons you mentioned for his uh, comfort on the ball. I mean, he's an absolute beast in the buildup. And if, if we are going to have a lot of the ball in the back uh, for that game, then there's no better player on the roster than Serginho yeah. Dest in that position. So um, hopefully he's available. Who do you have in the midfield for that game?
1: Let me look here. Who do I have? Up, oh, I have MMA again. I think we're just going to, I think we're going to ride it out with them if everybody's, fit and healthy i don't think uh you know an interesting shout could be for uh bringing brendan or geo in at the at uh and playing a 10 roll but I, I just i we haven't really seen it that much so i think they're gonna ride with mma yeah i have uh
0: i have what you just said i have adams mckinney and geo in that particular position now um this is if you if you have like the dream world cup so far and we beat uh, Wales and we beat England, maybe you start, I don't know, Brendan Aronson or somebody else in that position for that game. I could also see Brendan Aronson uh, playing that as well. It does it I don't know. I I don't feel like Geo is gonna be able to start all three games back to back like that. It, yeah. it seems unlikely. Um so I could be talked into um either MMA or maybe uh M a a for that particular game with uh brennan aronson in the mix um so i i have geo written down i think geo would be really fun in the midfield it's something that we haven't seen yet uh for the us men's national team but i think it's certainly something that he can do especially if we tweak it and it's more of a double pivot with uh geo up top as more of a 10 in the midfield where he kind of likes to receive the ball and play anyway he doesn't have a lot yeah. of defensive responsibility I don't think we'll necessarily need him to have a lot of defensive responsibility in the Iran game. Uh, but I guess that's something we'll we'll find out whenever we get there.
1: We will definitely find out. And I think the, the this Iran game is gonna be so interesting. Um just the Iran team situation is uh a bit of a precarious one with everything going on. Geo, oh, a shout for Luca Della Torre. Yeah, I was about to ask
0: you, Sabi shots out Luca Della Torre. Now, I know the last time we saw Luca. He did not look very good at all um, in September in the game against Japan. Uh, following that, he had an injury, so there was questions about him e- even being on the roster. Um, he makes the roster, but he's coming in just not getting a lot of minutes for Celta Vigo at all. Um, not quite that exciting player that we thought he would be during World qualifying. I mean, what are your let's while while we're on the subject, what are your thoughts on Luca Del Torre? Uh, I think this could up? be an
1: interesting game for him to come off the bench on. Um, I, I think he could come in for Eunice Musa possibly. Um, cause I don't know, I don't think he's going to be match fit, uh, at least for the first game. And in that second game, I think we're going to ride with MMA until the wheels fall off. Um, but I think this, this could be, uh, an interesting game where he, he can help us build out of the back and, and get on that half turn, uh, and really help connect the, the, um, the the attack going forward there i think that that might be an interesting shout actually i'm not know. starting him but I, I think bringing him off the bench could be interesting
0: i'm worried about Luca uh, just because of the form that he was in prior to his injury then he gets the injury and I, I just don't know i don't see him getting a lot of minutes in this world cup i think if we're going to be uh making subs in the midfield i think it's going to be uh, depending on the game state, it's going to be uh, Brendan Aronson, Gio Reyna, or even Kellen Acosta if the U.S. is trying to hold on to a lead. So it can be so- that type of thing. Uh, so I-, I don't know where Luca Delatore Torre fits in at this point. Like if you need yeah. an attacking sub in the midfield, do you bring in Luca Delatore Torre over Brendan Aronson or Gio Reyna? Or you know, do you make some moves to where, you know, just depending on what your options are, Say you have McKinney on the bench or Musa on the bench. Like, when is that game situation where you bring in Luca Del Torre?
1: Yeah, interesting. And, and you you bring up an interesting name. And I said this uh, last week. I think I think Kellen Acosta is going to have a role to play. I think there's going to be a time where Kellen Acosta is going to come in where we're trying to see out a draw. Yeah. And I honestly think that if we're trying to see out a draw and we win a free kick in a good area. I think he could be really dangerous. And I think uh, we saw it up here. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Look for every, Weston on every corner play. Every corner play and every uh, every free kick. And I think, I mean, we saw it in MLS Cup. I mean, the dude can put it on a dime. Uh, so I, th- I do think Kellen Acosta maybe in maybe late late in the England game or maybe uh off the bench in, against Iran I think that could be interesting
0: No, I think that's a very useful player to have in your at your Absolutely. disposal that guy who can come on uh late in the game and, and give you that defensive stability um also we know that he is one of the um I guess what would you how would you call it like street smart players on the national team like if there's a scrum, if there's intensity. He's got a
1: little density in him. He he's got a little uh I mean you, I, I, I remember the um the penalty kick for Pulisic in the uh no, it wasn't it wasn't Christian's uh penalty kick. It was uh it was the ensuing Mexico one. And you had everybody was getting in the refs here and I can't who took that penalty for them? I can't I, remember.
0: Oh man, I don't remember. I don't remember at this point. Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, it was someone who came off the bench and uh, Colin Acosta was just kind of standing there, just getting in his ear. And I remember after the game, he, he told me that someone asked him like, what were you saying to him? And he said, dude, you didn't even start. How do you think you're going to make this? And he was just getting in that chirp, 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 chirp yet. He's got the shit house or he's the scrap God. He, I mean, he does have that wily vet in him. He, he is that, um, that Jake Taylor kind of a guy who, who to borrow, Uh, from major league there. Um, But he's one of those guys who I I don't think is afraid of the moment and it won't back down from, from anybody.
0: Yeah. I think if we see Kellen Acosta in a game, it's a really good sign because that means that the U S is trying to hold on to something. And that's a good thing. All right, let's move on to the attack. Uh, We have Christian Pulisic uh, as our uh, all time left wing. Who do you have starting striker for the uh, Iran game?
1: The XG God, Jesus Ferreira. Because um, I can see him doing a lot of off-the-ball stuff to uh, help break down that low block. Uh, I think his movement is really going to be an asset in this game. I think uh, against Wales, I would go with Sargent because of the physicality. But for uh, a team like Iran, I think his off-the-ball movement really could be uh, something, something we uh, could get a lot out of there. Now,
0: I, I cheated in this position. Because I picked uh, whoever played the best out of the two <laughs> in the uh, previous games uh, because I took Ferrer against Wales and I took Sargent against England. So if either one of those guys shows signs that they need to be the guy starting in the Iran game, give them the minutes and then give them whatever minutes ensue afterwards if we make it to the knockout round. So that's sort of my approach. I think whoever, whoever has the best performances out of the three strikers, if we see Haji Wright at some point, um, and he looks like he has something with this squad. Let's uh, let's 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 let him play. So that's that's kind of where I'm coming from on that one.
1: I, I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you think. That Christian Pulisic was in Greg's ear with the Haji Wright. Uh, uh, situation. I don't. They are close.
0: I don't necessarily know if Pulisic was in his ear about the Haji Wright situation, but I do think that Greg Burhalter considering that he was in the um in, in he wasn't on the 98 team but he was around that team and mm-hmm. he was on the 2002 team um and we know that the 2002 team had just this incredible um camaraderie within the group and that the yeah. 1998 team absolutely did not i think he understands how important that is and i think that he predicates um Relatability and, and, and camaraderie and having a strong group um, mm-hmm. as one of the main things that, that he wants whenever he's picking these roster slots. And I think that we saw that in some of these interesting decisions that he made where mm-hmm. he left off Zach Steffen so that there wouldn't be that keeper de- uh, debate uh, heading into this World Cup. Um, he brings um, someone like Tim Ream, who's such a locker room presence. Um, he, he, he brings Haji Wright, who has this background with these players as opposed to Jordan Peefock. Uh, so I, I do think that that's a really important thing for Greg Berhalter. I think that's something that a lot of people are, are, are underrating. Uh, so I, I don't necessarily know that Polisic was in his ear about Haji Wright, but I do think that Greg took that into account whenever he picked Haji Wright.
1: As Herb Brooks once said, I'm not looking for the best guys. I'm looking for the right guys. Uh, I think that is interesting. I think it's interesting that you bring up the O2 team because I really, you know, the more and more I think about it, I, I do see a lot of parallels uh, to that O2 team. I was listening to Landon Donovan on uh, on In Soccer Retrust today, and he was talking about how in O2, he and DeMarcus just felt like, hey, we're 20 years old. We're at the World Cup. This is awesome. We can just go out there and play free. And in 06, he really felt the pressure and he really felt like he had to be the guy and had to do everything. I think uh, surrounding our stars like Christian Pulisic with guys that he really enjoys and, um, you know, just kind of make things uh, comfortable for everybody to where it kind of feels like a like a college situation where you're just meeting up with your friends to play soccer. And granted, there's a the weight of the world on these guys' shoulders, but as much as you could alleviate uh, the, um, the pressure uh, from these guys so the they can go out there and play free, I think that's going to go a long, long way. I love that BMR
0: 209 says, but do we have a great photo shoot like in 2002? Yes, we do. Absolutely do. Uh, was, it, was it GQ? Who put out those pictures? It
1: was Esquire, Esquire. making Gio look like Tony Soprano out there getting his, long, getting his newspaper. It was amazing. Tim had a big suit on. Tim he, he, just, he did what like it looked movie. like he was rolling into the 1995 NBA Finals. It's like he was about oh, to cuss man. out Larry Bird in the back rooms.
0: It was an absolute electric morning on Twitter. It, BMR, I don't know if you were uh, saying that a joke or you, or you didn't see it, but definitely go check out that photo shoot because we definitely have pictures that are going to. Uh, I tell uh, you who impressed for a while.
1: me in that photo shoot that I did not expect. Tyler Adams looked like he was straight out of Esquire or GQ. The dude, I mean. I don't know if it was the outfits that they picked for him, but he looked natural. And that's not, that's not a guy. That's a guy who's said in interviews, they've asked him like, Oh, who has the style on the team? He's like, Oh, Weston has style. Uh, Deandre has style. Uh, Timo Wea has style. He's just kind of a, and then I saw uh, Tyler in this. I was like, all right, Tyler, I see you.
0: I mean, he was wearing some very large shiny shoes and he had a, a, a knit vest on with no Cardi, shirt Yeah. I thought I thought he looked
1: I thought he looked comfortable out there.
0: Fair enough. Next to Weya in the big suit, you know I I guess. I, anyway, we have one last position to pick. It is the right winger for the last game um, against Iran. Who do you have as your right winger in that game?
1: The man in the big suit, Team Wea. Um, I think I think uh, especially with that low book, I think getting to the get into the byline uh, with that verticality for. Ferreira, uh, run it, making those runs in behind and and doing that off the ball movement. I think, uh, that could be, that could be key for us.
0: Yeah. I have Tim way as well. So, so we agree on that. Um, yeah. Uh, Tim way is one of those players that, you know, whenever you watch a lot of soccer, like I know that we do, you start questioning, like, watching a big club and seeing some of the wingers that you have and you're just like is that guy better than tim weah like yeah i've seen tim weah play so well i just wonder if he's going to be one of those players that has a a big breakout world cup i mean he's been at this situation at lil for a few years where he's kind of been in, in and out of the lineup just because he hasn't been consistently healthy for a period of time uh but he's just one of those players that i feel like in the next few years could absolutely explode and could be another one of these players on these big final round Champions League teams. Um and, and this could be his moment. Could could he be the one to grab that big
1: Galazzo? You know, I, I've seen uh I don't know if he's gonna grab that big Galazzo, but I think he, his his work rate and his effectiveness, I think, is really gonna put him on the map. And I've you know, you see a lot of the shouts for Gio and Yunus Musa to, you know, break out as the young player of the tournament or uh at least on our team. Um but I think Tim Weah could, I mean, he's still only 21, I believe, might have just turned 22. Um, but I think he, uh, I think his speed, his knowledge of the game, I think he really could uh, introduce himself to the world, to a lot of people in this tournament.
0: Yeah, I I agree. And, and there's a few players like that. There's a few players on this national team that I feel like it could have that big breakout tournament. Guys in the comment section, let me know who you think will have the breakout tournament for the US. Who will be introduced into the world in a big way uh on this US men's national team. Uh so we just went over our our three lineups for the three games. Um I'm I'm assuming that we both think that we're getting out and we're heading to the group stage um and that uh I I guess once we get to the group stage it's like all hands on deck, whoever's healthy, who whoever's had the best performances over those three games. Uh, those are going to be the ones that that play. I'm guessing is that is that where you're at? You know,
1: I I, I really could see this going a lot of different ways, but uh, my uh, my optimism, my eternal Yankee optimism, thinks we're getting out of the group, and then let's just see what happens. I mean, let's just throw everything we've got out there. I I think you know there. I think this team is young enough, but it has the experience of Champions League and a bunch of other stuff to where they could, you know, just go out there and just say, throw caution to the women, just play free um, and not play with that pressure on their shoulders. Uh, So I I really do think that, I mean, that youthful exuberance could cost them and we could see a train wreck. But I do think that this team really can surprise a lot of people because I've been watching a lot of uh, content, especially from English people uh, coming out and there's a lot of gatekeeping going on uh, in the England camp, but they all think that we're crap and that we have no quality players and all of our players are, you know, mid at best, but I don't know. I think, I think this team has a quiet confidence about them. There hasn't been a lot of talking. I think, and and there's not a lot of pressure on these guys. Uh, And I think uh, Greg has surrounded them with a really good support system. I mean, I'm still watching a lot of American TV where they're like, so what do we expect here? And, and, and I think our job as uh, people who work in soccer and and love soccer, I think we uh, uh, our job is to welcome everybody into the tent and and say, you know, these are great guys who can show us, uh, you know, make us believe and make us really fall in love with the sport again, like I did when in 2010 when I was 17 years old. Um, I really think that these guys can can do that can give us a reason to a reason to go into 2026 with the hope that we could do some damage. Now, I think there will be some roller coaster moments. I do think that there are going to be some moments where we're going to be ripping our head out, but I really do have, I really do have a quiet confidence with these guys.
0: Yeah. Ash kind of uh, summarizes it for me. I'm oddly confident and I don't know why, you know, I, I think, like you said, a lot of the um, the English and, and the Wales supporters and the Iran supporters are really down on the U.S. right now, I think because of the results in September. And to be honest, if uh, whenever I looked at like the Wales results, I did the exact same thing. How did they play in their last few games? Who did they play against? Who did Iran play against in their last few games? How did they play? So I would have done the exact same thing. Uh, but if we're assuming that that September window was just kind of an aberration and and they're not going to play like that again. And and we know that there's a lot of players who weren't on that roster who are going to be playing in the World Cup. And some of the players who were on that roster, like Weston McKinney and Gio Reyna, are probably going to be in better form than they were in September, that this team could be a lot better, that we've seen this team play really well against some tough competition throughout the last few years. And and if they can do that, if they can bring that level of quality over these three games, then they have as good a shot as anybody at at getting out of this group, Uh, especially whenever you consider that if we're holding the opposition that we're playing against to the same scrutiny that we're holding ourselves, I think we match up pretty well. So yeah, I I think um, even though after September, I was in the pits of despair, it seems like um, as November has come around, and as we get closer and closer, and you start seeing the pictures, and you start seeing the players at the stadiums, and just er, the, the excitement is building. It you know you just feel that magic kind of coming back. Just the the way that the United States always seems to rise up and just just outperform expectations at a World Cup. It feels like that recipe's there. You talk about the camaraderie. I mean that team. This team has it. You talk about the, the the players that have star potential. I mean this team has it. You talk about uh, the players playing at the highest levels. This team has it more than any other American team has ever had it before. So can they put it all together? Can they harness that over these few weeks in November in Qatar, in the fall, in this weird soccer environment, in this quasi-city that they built while they're keeping reporters from taking pictures and having fake fans set up and trying to just suppress as much media as possible can they ignore all that stuff and, and bring it onto the field and play to the level that we know that they can if they can do that
1: good feelings brad good feelings yeah. good vibes good vibes we're, we're american we're built our, our nation was built on delusional hope i mean <laughs> we can do this i mean come on i mean how many times have, have we have we had no hope and yet we have hope and then I mean, the I Battle of
0: New Orleans, baby. I've been hearing exactly. so much about the War of 1812 lately. I said it a few videos ago. I said it again in the Alexi Lawless video, and I'll say it again right here. We won that damn war, England. I don't care what you say. You burned down the White House. You didn't hold it. You pulled out. You took your interest away from the United States. And what happened in the next 20 years? We expanded into all that territory. We grew into the, the nation that would eventually come in. And bail Europe out in World War One and lead to the uh the 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 um industrial revolution that would make America the superpower that it is today, all because you couldn't beat us in New Orleans, England. We won that damn war. I don't care what you say, I don't care what Wikipedia says, we won that war, it wasn't a draw, and we're gonna Bad. beat you guys in a few weeks. Bad idea. Bad
1: idea to come after a dude from Louisiana about the war of eighteen twelve. <laughs>
0: If you don't think that I've been to the Cabildo and the, the New Orleans History Museum and all these field trips all of my life, learning about Jean Lafitte and, and all old hickory and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I got <laughs> we, no, were, I we grew up believing that, that we took down uh, the greatest army in the face of the earth over there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right, guys, let's wrap this thing up. We've been all, over an hour on this. I think we put together some pretty strong rosters, but I think we also showed that there are some real options and there's some real question marks at a lot of these positions. Um, and, and regardless of the decisions that Greg Berhalter makes, if he stays within, I guess, the framework of like 15 or so players, we can we can put a quality side on the field kind of regardless of the different directions that he goes, which is a really exciting thing for this World Cup. So, guys... Keep it here. Thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you for uh, for hitting the like button. Thank you for all the comments. There's going to be a ton of coverage from the Yank Report over the next few weeks as this World Cup gets started. So I, I appreciate it so much. I, I like what Greg Perez says here uh, in the stream with your favorite World Cup moment. Mine is is pretty easy and it's pretty cliche. It, it's going to be the Landon Donovan goal. I mean, that's, that's the thing that really... I don't know if that was the moment that really set it off for me, but it, it was one of those moments that galvanized things for me and made me realize how special this tournament and this sport actually is. Brad, what do you have?
1: I mean, you, you, you stole mine. But, so I'll go with another one. Uh, Jermaine Jones' goal. That was an absolute banger. I you mean, know,
0: and also from that game, it's so fun. This sport... Sports is such an interesting thing because there's two sides of it. You know, there is the ecstasy of victory, and then there's the agony of defeat and, and feeling that um, that hope being taken away from you, and, and understanding what that feels like. And I will never forget for the rest of my life that moment at the end of the Portugal game where the U.S. was holding on to that win. You knew
1: it was coming too, and Cristiano Ronaldo. Who just didn't
0: have much of an impact on that game for the? the I, I think he was ninety a minutes hamstring
1: in, injury that tournament too.
0: Yeah, he he wasn't fit coming in, and he picks up the ball and he runs down, and Michael Bradley's chasing him down, and Michael Bradley does not have the legs to run with Cristiano Ronaldo, and Cristiano Ronaldo hits this cross into the box that is just absolute inch perfect. Yeah, he just willed the ball onto that striker's forehead. Like, the striker didn't have to head the ball. He just had to keep running, and the ball hit yes. him in the face. and went it's, in the back it's the Benny, to
1: get Rodriguez. Just stick your glove in the air, and I'll do the rest. <sighs> it was amazing. amazing
0: unbelievable moment. So I gave you a uh, favorite moment and then I guess like an agony moment. And he ripped it away <laughs> from it. <laughs> <laughs> guys, thank you so much for watching. If you haven't yet, hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. If you want to become a member, you can uh, join in the member section that directly supports the channel. If you do that, you'll get a little badge in the comment section to let everybody know uh, that you are a member here and that you know, you're know you you're part of the upper crust of the, of the Yank Report Society. So I appreciate that. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. For Brad, my name is Sam, and this has been the Yank Report. Thank you guys so much. 200 people, that's awesome.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V
0: on YouTube.